And welcome back to Between the Hashes. I hope you enjoyed my last episode where I discussed my top 10 fantasy football running backs for this upcoming season. For this episode, I'm going to be talking about my top 10 tight ends for this season. I'll be using the same format that I used in my last three episodes where I go from my number 10 overall tight end to my number 1 overall tight end. And let's get it started off at number 10. At number 10, I have Hunter Henry. For me, Hunter Henry is probably more than a number 10 overall talent in the NFL, but when it comes to fantasy, he's now has a new quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Phillip Rivers was a quarterback who liked to pass a lot, and he liked to pass through his tight ends. So the stats that Henry had last year, you know, he was he mixed, he missed around four games last year, but he was still top 10 in receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, and targets and receptions in the red zone. So he still produced given the amount of games that he had and the opportunities that he had. But now with Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback who is not known for passing a lot, I expect the offense to be much more run heavy, which in turn means that Henry likely won't get the same amount of opportunities and the targets because of his skill. And I th- I think the Chargers offense will still be fairly decent. I think Henry will still be that target that Taylor looks for when he's in when he's kind of running out of the pocket. So I think he will still get targets, but just he's going right now um and round 7 pick 7. So I wouldn't draft him unless you can get him in round 9 or 10 when he's already way past his ADP. So that's why I have Hunter Henry at number 10 overall. Now moving on to number 9, I have Noah Fant. Noah Fant has just insane measurables from the combine. He was in the top 95th percentile for basically all of them. He last year kind of was very in- he was very inconsistent. You know, it was his first year. So, rookie tight ends typically struggle and I wouldn't say Fant struggled, but he definitely didn't produce fantasy fantasy worthy numbers. So he's got a young quarterback in Drew Locke who showed some positive signs last year when he got the start towards the end of the season. And I think the Denver offense will be really underrated this year. They got added wide receivers like Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, which should make this offense more efficient and give uh, Hant more red zone opportunities. But for me, these wide receivers also will mean that he's going to lose a lot of targets so that is a reason that his ceiling is going to be limited a little and his floor is also going to be limited. You can't he doesn't have those guaranteed targets. But I mean, I think just now that he's in his second year, he will show some signs of improvement from last year and hopefully he can develop a connection with Drew Locke and be that person that he looks for when they're in the red zone. So I still think where he's going right now, he's a fairly late pick. You could probably get him like as the last tight end drafted in your draft or one of the last tight ends. So he's definitely a good flyer. He's the high upside pick because he can he he could be like a top five tight end if he develops a crazy connection with Drew Locke and if Denver's offense really, really blows up. But right now I wouldn't expect him to produce that for a couple years. Moving on to number eight, I have Mike Gasicki. So Gasicki last year 
didn't produce similar to Fan, but his measurables from the combine were all 95th plus percentile, showing that he's a very athletic player. He's in offense, which could have two with starting at some point this year, and Fitzpatrick has served as a pretty decent quarterback. He gets those passing yards, which means that Gusecki should get those opportunities. You know, right last year he was still finished in the top 15 for most stats, which is very good considering he was a rookie. And this Dolphins offense is looking to improve. A couple wide receivers in Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson opted out, which should mean Gasicki has some more targets. And he's just one of those players with the number with the measurables that he has where I could just see him breaking out and he's a late pick similar to Fant, so he's really you're not losing much if you draft him. He's got so much potential. He's round thirteen, like I just said. So I think Kasiki is one of those players that you really should target this year. Now at number seven, I have Darren Waller. Waller last year was a breakout player. He was number two in receiving yards with almost 1,150, number two in receptions at 90, but he only had three touchdowns, which was a reason that he didn't finish higher. I, The reason that I have Waller only at number seven is because I think he's due for regression. Like I just said, with his receiving yards and his receptions, he was so high in those that I don't see he's get, how he's going to be able to top those, and it's, they're likely going to go down. So the only place I see improvement is in those touchdowns. I don't think that's going to be enough to for Waller to produce where he's being drafted right now at the beginning of round six. So I would be careful with Darren Waller this year, but he's in a pretty decent offense. The Raiders have a strong running game, and they have good young wide receivers. The problem is Derek Carr is kind of a questionable quarterback. We don't know how he's going to perform. But if the Raiders' offense lives up, to what it looks like it can. Waller should get those targets in the red zone, but likely will see a regression in targets due to a lot of congestion at the wide receiver position and just at skill positions where people need touches. So I would be careful with Darren Waller this year, and that's why I have him at number seven overall. Now moving on to number six, I have Hayden Hurst. Hurst is a player who, in his first couple years since Coming into the NFL, he hasn't produced anything noteworthy. He's only got around 39% of the snaps last year in Baltimore, but that was because Mark Andrews kind of had his breakout year. So now that Hurst has moved on from Baltimore, he's on the Atlanta Falcons, a high-powered offense where we saw Austin Hooper break out last year. I expect Hurst to kind of not fully produce what Hooper did, but produce numbers very similar to what Huber did. Right now, he's getting drafted anywhere from round 10 to 12, and that's just crazy good value. He's a Titan. He's one of my favorite Titans to target this year. Huber got almost 100 targets last year, was top 10 in receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns, even though he missed time. So I think Hurst is just a really, really, really good value. He's has He had really good measurables as well as Fant and Gasicki. So I think he is definitely a possibility to break out. And where you're getting him is such a good value on a team that has a really good offense. And they have a bad defense, meaning they're going to have to pass a lot. Matt Ryan's going to give Hurst those receptions and targets. So he has a decent floor and a really, really high ceiling for this upcoming season. 
So definitely go target Hayden Hurst. That's why I have him at number six. Moving on to number five, I have Zach Ertz. Ertz last year did not produce the numbers that he had in 2018, but I expect him to produce in between kind of those two years. I think he'll be a little better than what he did last year, but in this Eagles offense that used to be kind of a weak, weaker, had a weak receiving core, the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager. They've got Alshon Jeffrey. They've got Deshaun Jackson. They've got some players who will now compete with Ertz for targets. So I think that kind of lowers Ertz's ceiling and his floor a little. Although Ertz did have 90% of the snapshot last year, he was on the field a lot. He was second most in targets among tight ends, and he was top five in receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns, all those key categories. And that was on his down year. So he definitely has a lot. You, you can see what he can do when he actually goes out there and performs to his highest potential. But I think in a heavy offense with Miles Sanders emerging as a running back, they'll probably, the Eagles are probably going to become more of a run offense as well. So I don't think Ertz is one of those players that is really worth targeting because he doesn't have that super high ceiling. He'll, he probably will put up those consistent numbers. He gets the receptions. He's a good player for PPR for that reason. But he's nothing super exciting this year, and that's why he's number five for me. Next, at number four, I have Tyler Higby. Higby last year completely broke out at the end of the year when he was given those opportunities. Gerald Everett was hurt for the Rams, and Higby became the tight end one for the Rams, and he produced tight end one numbers for fantasy football. He was the tight end 10 overall, even though he didn't get those cons- that consistent playing time to begin the year. He finished with 14 red zone receptions, which was number one overall. He had almost 750 receiving yards and 70 receptions, which were both top 10. And from week 11 to 17, Higby was a tight end one, averaging 16.3 points per game. So that was finishing above Kelsey, above Kittle, all those big names. And right now, Higby is going around tight end seven or eight. So I think people kind of forget about his performances from the end of last year. And he's a really good value if you can get him where he is going as long as his ADP does not rise up anymore. Higby is on an offense that has good weapons at the receiver position, so it should be fairly efficient, and I would definitely be targeting Higby this year. Now at number three, I have Mark Andrews. So as I mentioned earlier with Hayden Hurst, Andrews broke out last year on the Ravens, and he only had a snap share of 43%. You know, he was on the Ravens, who have a really run-heavy offense, but he still had the most deep targets. He was fifth most in targets with almost 100. And he showed that when he was on the field, he produced. He was a very efficient tight end. And now with Hurst gone, someone who took up almost 40% of the snaps, Andrew's snap share should definitely go up. You know, he was still seventh most in receptions. He was te- he was number one in touchdowns at 10. And he was top 10 in receiving yards as well. Finished as a tight end 5 with 13.8 fantasy points per game. Due to the fact that the Ravens have a run-heavy offense, I think his ceiling is limited, but he should still be getting those receptions because he was, like I said, last year he was getting those targets even in this run-heavy offense. So his floor is decent, and 
I still expect him to produce those top three numbers. So that's why I have Mark Andrews at number three. He's in that super high-powered Ravens offense, and that is always helpful when it comes to fantasy football. Coming in at number two, I have George Kittle. So Kittle was injured a couple times last year. It's a bit of an injury concern coming into this year. You know, that's not the best when you see a player get hurt numerous times in the same year. But he's just a really, really athletic and just overall great football player who's top 90th percentile in all the combine measurables. And while he only got 82% of the snapshot last year, he was targeted almost 110 times. But the fact that he's in such a run-heavy offense in the 49ers limits his ceiling a little bit. You know, I see him as one of those, as a better player overall than my number one tight end, Travis Kelsey. But for me, he's just not the same compared to him in fantasy. He's in an offense, as I mentioned, that's more run-heavy. Travis Kelsey's in a, a great passing offense, so that's the difference. But Kittle was still top five in receiving yards, receptions, and a lot of other stats. But his touchdowns were only at five, which really should improve in this season. And if they can improve, that should give him this number two overall finish. He still tied for number one in the in tight ends with 15.9 points per game. But I just don't expect a crazy... I don't expect crazy, crazy numbers coming from in this upcoming season because of the limited pass attempts that the 49ers are going to pass. Because of the limited pass attempts the 49ers are going to have. So that's why I have Kittle as my number two overall tight end. And now to my number one tight end. I kind of swirled it with George Kittle, but I have Travis Kelsey as my number one overall tight end. Like I said, Kelsey gets the edge over Kittle because Kelsey's an offense that likes to pass with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, and that just that just gives him a really, really high floor to start and a high ceiling also because that Chiefs offense can score 40 points in a game easily. So last year, Kelsey didn't have numbers that were super, super crazy like he had in the past. Part of that was because Mahomes was hurt and he had Matt Morris as quarterback for a few games, but he was still number one in snapshot at 94% number one in targets and routes run and he was number one in the receptions so for me the tight the touchdowns were down with six compared to 10 the year before so that should move up to around eight if he can even that out I see him finishing as the tight end one again and you know I I just think for Kelsey it's the fact that he's not always getting hurt. Like I said, Kittle kind of has had some injury problems in the last year or two. And the offense is just, in fantasy, you, you want skilled position players who are in high-powered offenses like Kelsey's with the Chiefs. So that's always a big plus, And that's a lot of the reason that Kelsey is going to be finishing in the top five in almost every stat. So that's why I think Travis Kelsey is my number one overall tight end for this upcoming season. So now that I've talked about my top 10 tight ends, I'm going to just mention my strategy for drafting tight ends this year. So for me, the top two tight ends, like I said, Kelsey and Kittle, if you can get those tight ends in the late second round or anywhere in the third round, I think that's a good draft pick. But anything other than that, I don't like these middle tight ends that much. 
in terms of ADP, those are people like Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz. I just don't think they're really valuable if you get them where they're going. So for me, I would definitely target Tyler Higby and Hayden Hurst. They're really, really high high ceiling guys. I see a lot of potential in them to break out this year, and you can get them typically in in double digit rounds. Maybe Higby, you have to go eight or nine, but still, I just find that being a much better value than than reaching for someone else earlier on. So I would definitely target Higby, Hurst, and get those top two tight ends in Kelsey or Kittle if they last into round three. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, make sure to go back and listen to my past three episodes where I talked about my top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And stay tuned for my episode next week where I'm going to be doing a fantasy football mock draft. Thanks for listening.